Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. Great, Tom. That was quite an introduction. I don't usually get something like that, so thank you very much. Um, And I love the fact that you have jokes here all the time. Uh, My brother-in-law, Johnny, who's the pastor at Tree City Church, uh, we just volley jokes back and forth. You've heard of dad jokes before, right? Like, uh, I had a really... um, Well, here's what it is. Uh, What was it? A math teacher... Are there any math teachers out there? Thank you. I taught math also, but I had a really, um, well, now i got to find the joke. Where did it go? <laughs> a math teacher that called me average. That was really mean of them. You know that one. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, i got to try to find some other jokes. Uh, I was really upset uh, on the way here, a guy cut me off in the queue line. I told him to watch his back because I'm after him. Did you catch that one? These are supposed to be bad jokes, and now you're, you'll be excited when the preacher comes back, right? Well, uh, it's good to be with you today. It was a beautiful drive. Thank you for the wonderful worship this morning. And uh, I love being in God's house with God's people. Um, but I also expect some interaction from you. So it's good that you, you know, kindly laugh at the jokes. Um, why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and just say, I'm glad you're here today. Very good. I like that. Uh, Now turn to your neighbor and say, uh, you look like you have it all figured out. I noticed that some wives turned the other direction and didn't uh, say that to their spouse, brothers and sisters. I wish I, now turn to your uh, neighbor and say, I wish I had it all put together like you look like you do. I can see the youth group. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, Well, um, yeah, I don't have much of an introduction. I grew up uh, here in the Valley. I went to Bora High School, went to NNU, played basketball, taught school, English and math. Is that a great combination? English and math, great, two great subjects. Uh, Then I became a vice principal in Boise, and then we felt the call to ministries. Anybody heard of Extreme Nazarene Ministries? Uh, It's, yeah, good, we got one person uh, we did some mission work in South America and Peru and Argentina, and then uh, planted a church in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am very thankful to be back home. 
I don't know if you've spent much time in the South before, but I'm thankful to be back here in Idaho and then served uh, at Eagle Nazarene Church uh, for a while until I came on the roll in the district. And I just got to tell you, from a district perspective, uh, you're part of a wonderful district. I don't know if you uh, know much about the Nazarene Church, but the district here has over 50 churches in four-state region. Uh, goes down to, to um, Salt Lake and halfway through Idaho and then halfway through Oregon and then part of Nevada. And uh, I love our churches and our pastors, and we have great congregations um, God is at work in this district, and uh, part of my role is church planting and church renewal. Uh, just yesterday, I was with the church doing uh, some strategic planning uh, with the board. We spent three hours or so just strategic planning on, on what uh, God was calling us to in the future. Um, we know that God is at work in Salt Lake City. Uh, many of you know that uh, in the past, we've had three churches down there. Uh, recently, we just registered another church of the Nazarene down there, and then this last month, another church of the Nazarene down there, so we currently have five registered churches. Can I get an amen? amen. And then uh, another one that is starting in a, uh, like a retirement home type setting, and then a, that would be five, and then a sixth one uh, that they're working on. Um, and then in the Salt Lake Central Church, uh, we have a uh, Hispanic church that is starting and an African service that's starting. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot going on, and God's at work down there. Uh, we have currently three African services, one in Salt Lake, like I just mentioned, one in Twin Falls, and another one at Five Mile uh, Nazarene. And so we know that God's working uh, in a multicultural way as well. Can I get an amen for that? Uh, so God is on the move, and I believe that he's moving here, and he wants to speak to us today. Um, and uh, sometimes we see that God's on the move, uh, and we look around, and we, we look at the neighbor next to us and say, it looks like you've got it all figured out. Uh, but sometimes we feel like we're wandering. I don't know if uh, you do, but uh, maybe I'll just be personal today. I sometimes feel like I'm wandering or that I'm directionless or that I'm lost and I have questions. And um, I believe that God wants to give us some direction in our lives today. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever decisions that you have, uh, maybe you're a young person at school and you have tough decisions about friends or homework or, or situations in your life or where you might uh, go to college or, or something like that. Uh, maybe you're um, you know, newly married and you're, you're wanting to have kids or, or you have some kids and now you think you're crazy because you had kids and, uh, and you're trying to figure out how to raise them. Or, or, or maybe uh, you're... you're um, in a position in life where you're questioning, what's next, God? What do you have for me? What's the purpose of my life? Uh, some of us here are retired, and uh, we have kids and grandkids that we're praying for uh, that have gone a different direction, and we're just trusting that God would give them direction. Amen? 
So I want you to turn your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you today, to Exodus chapter 13. And if you're new to the Bible, uh, it's this simple. It starts in Genesis and then goes, say it with me, Genesis, Exodus. So Exodus chapter 13. And I want to just give you a little background as you're turning there in Exodus chapter 13. Uh, The Israelites have been enslaved in Egypt for many years and Moses has been called, he's the chosen one, uh, to lead them out of bondage, lead them out of slavery, bring them into life, bring them into freedom. And here's the deal. Uh, God has spoken to them specifically through signs and wonders. Uh, Do you remember the plagues that came through and all of the amazing things that God did? And I I want to just stop before. Uh, When we're in times where we feel lost and confused and directionless, God is faithful. I need you to just know today, if you don't hear anything else, that God wants to say to you that he is faithful to you. And he will carry you through this time. He will walk with you through the valley. Uh, I'm going through a situation right now personally. I just wonder, God, when is the time? Like, come through. I need you right now. I was praying on the way here. God, give me patience and perseverance. And yet, when I look back through my life and all of the different ways that God's been faithful, I have to just stop and say, He is faithful. Amen? And so there's this big showdown with Pharaoh, and finally he lets them go, and he's inviting them into the land flowing with milk and honey. And I want to read starting uh, Exodus 13, starting in verse 17. It's called Crossing the Sea. When Pharaoh let the people go, catch this. God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though it was shorter and possibly even easier. For God said if they faced war, they might change their minds. Verse 18, So God led the people around the desert road towards the Red Sea. I'm interested in that because often in my life, I want God to give me the short and easy path. Do you? You can nod your head. We all do. We want the shortest, easy, comfortable way, and yet God did not lead them through the shorter, easier way. In fact, it appears that he took them on the long road, and he took them on the desert road. Have you been on the long desert road before? Some of us feel like we're in it right now. Some of us can look back and go, I've been on the long desert road, and I'd rather take the easy, short path. But sometimes, when we're lost, God needs to take us in a different direction because he needs to teach us something about himself that we haven't learned yet. Skip down to verse 21, chapter 13. It says, By day the Lord went ahead of them, the pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or by night. 
neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of God's people. See, what we have here is a story of God's discernment and God's presence. It's a story of discerning the presence of God and following it wherever it goes. If God's presence takes us down the long desert road, are we willing to go down that path? The pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, it led them down a path that wasn't easy. It led them down a path that wasn't fun. It led them down a path that felt like the desert. And yet, God wants us to be in his presence and he wants to gain glory through our life. I think I'm learning in my life that the presence of God is more important than my position in life. Is that true for you? The presence of God is more important than my position in life. It's more important than my comforts in life. It's more important than my expectations in life. In fact, the presence of God has to be more important than how I would compare myself with the other nations around me. Why would God take us and take them down the long and narrow and, and, and windy and desert road? I read a book recently that was quite interesting to me uh, by a lady named Ruth Haley Barton. It's called Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership. And she asked an important question that caught my attention. She says, what is it, what's the difference between leadership and spiritual leadership? See, many of us are leaders in the room. Your leaders in your home, your leaders at work, your leaders in business, your leaders in school. And she says, what's the difference between leadership and spiritual leadership? She says, the heart of spiritual leadership is discernment. And she says, discernment is the capacity to recognize and to respond to the presence and activity of God, both personally in my life and in the corporate setting around me or in the community. And so when we walk in here today and we may feel lost or we feel directionless or we look at the person next to us and we say, man, you look like you've got it all figured out, but I don't. What God's wanting to do in our life is give us discernment. And, and he does it for these uh, early followers by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And, and I want to submit to you today this phrase, discernment will determine our direction. Would you just say that with me? Discernment will determine direction. Say it again. Discernment will determine directions. In fact, I think the heart of a spiritual leader, the heart of a spiritual leader, of a, of a mature follower of Jesus is understanding discernment. It's entering into God's presence regularly and routinely. And if you read the story of Moses here, you realize that one of the keys to discernment is entering into the presence of God and seeing God's work around us 
regularly and routinely. It's getting into his word. This is where we find direction. It's finding time in prayer. That's where we'll find direction. And Moses had to do that. Whoa. Did you see that moth? It almost attacked me. I'm going to track it now. Moses had to do that regularly and routinely. He would go to the, the camp tent meeting and he would see the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud and he would say, there's the presence of God. I want to be in the presence of God. And so I've just got to ask this simple question. I mean, have you been in the presence of God lately? I mean, if you had to rate yourself, scale of 1 to 10, where am I? I'd, I hang out with God 6 out of 10. What would it look like to take one step forward today? If you'll take your Bibles and just turn a little bit further to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. Uh, let's look at starting in verse 9. Exodus chapter 33, they're in the tent of the meeting. As Moses went to the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay on the entrance. Whenever people saw the pillar of cloud, they would stand at the entrance and they worshiped. We talk about getting into God's word. We talk about time and prayer. We talk about worship, which is entering into the presence of God. This is where God would speak to Moses face to face. I believe that one of the hearts of finding discernment in our lives is through the act of worship. How do we worship God? Later, Exodus chapter 33, if you skip down to verse 15, verse 14, the Lord says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Anybody need rest here today? Then Moses says, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us from here. See, they got to the point in their journey where if God said go, they wanted to go. And if God said stay, they wanted to stay. They said, if your presence doesn't go with us, your presence is more important than our position of where we're at. Moses asks a pretty important question. He says, what will distinguish me and your people from all of these other people? Verse 17, the Lord says, I will do everything that you've asked because I'm pleased with you. And then he says, your, my presence will distinguish my people. As we walk into the world today, spiritual discernment is understanding the presence of God. It's something simple that we can set our life to. I found a few letters. I, did, I don't know, did you get those letters? Oh, good. I was thinking about discernment the other day, and I saw this letter that a son wrote to his father. It's a college student. Are there any college students in here? Any parents of college students? And the letter goes like this. 
Do you have the letter from the father to the son? It says, Dear Dad, school is really great. Making lots of friends and studying very hard. With all this stuff, I simply can't think of anything that I need. So if you'd like, you can just send me a card, as I would love to hear from you. Love your son. When I think of discernment, sometimes we have to read between the lines a little bit, right? What do you think the son's really asking for here? And so the dad writes back to your son. I know that astronomy and economics and oceanography are enough to keep any honor students busy. Do not forget that the pursuit of knowledge is not or is a noble task and you can never study enough dad i realize that discernment is tricky sometimes we have to read between the lines but that is the main reason that we need the presence of god when we're making decisions in this world and I don't know what you walked into today. I don't know what discernment that you need today. You may be a parent. You may be a business person. You may have to make some hard financial decisions. You may be a student that's walked in here from school and you're trying to understand what this world really is going on. You might be a grandparent here today. You may not even be a Christian that's walking here today, but you need to make a tough decision. And I'm here to tell you that the presence of God that is promised to be within us, will be the one that will give you the discernment for the direction that you need in your life. And it was true for, for Moses in the Old Testament, and it was true for those in the New Testament. In fact, one of my favorite uh, stories is to read about the early growth of the church as the church is starting to form and to storm and to norm and finally perform, right? They're forming and storming and norming and hopefully performing someday. And the very thing that God does for them in Acts chapter 2 is he comes on the day of Pentecost and he releases his Holy Spirit and it looks like what? A pillar of fire. You catch the connection there? Back in the early day, the presence of God was a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. But in Acts chapter 2, God actually brings his presence as a pillar of fire and he puts it on him and he says, the Holy Spirit is now within you. And the presence of God is now within me. Would you just kind of go like this to yourself and say, the presence of God is in here. The presence of God is here. And, and if you feel comfortable, touch your neighbor. The presence of God is in you. <coughs> part of learning to follow the presence of God, part of learning uh, the discernment of the presence of God is learning how to listen to others. Because what she says in this book is that discernment is learning how to understand the presence of God that's within me, but it's also learning how to understand the presence of God that is in within us. 
It's, a, it's called corporate discernment. And, and you have to use corporate discernment in your homes, in your businesses, uh, with your friend groups. In fact, this church as the body of Christ has to learn corporate discernment. I have to be able to trust the presence of God that is within you. And you have to be able to trust the presence of God that is in me. Acts chapter 15, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn there also. I want to just share with you a little bit about how this played out in the early church. Again, if you're new to the Bible, there's the Old Testament, there's the New Testament. In the New Testament, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and say it with me, what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Look at chapter 15, Acts chapter 15. Um, they're confronted with something very important here. They have a big question. Should Gentiles be required to be circumcised in order to be saved? It's a pretty important question. <laughs> I'm thankful that they had this discussion. Look at verse 1. Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Verse 2. This brought Paul and Barnabas into a sharp dispute and debate with them. Listen, is it okay for the people of God to have sharp dispute and debate? This is part of the discernment process is that we would interact with one another, that we would listen to one another, that we would hear from one another, that we would tell stories and that the spirit of God that was within me can be trusted and the spirit of God that is within you can be trusted. And I would love to have been a fly on the wall in this conversation, right? This brought Paul and Barnabas to a sharp dispute and debate. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some of the other believers to go to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this very question. Verse 3, the church sent them on their way. They traveled through all these cities. Verse 4, they came to Jerusalem and were welcomed by the church, the apostles and elders, whom they reported to God everything that had been done through them. Look at verse 6. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. And verse 7, after much discussion, stop there. What in the world does much discussion look like? Yeah. I think it looks like this. Paul and Barnabas start telling stories of conversion with the Gentiles. Hey, we're out sharing the good news of Jesus and these Gentiles are coming to Jesus and these Gentiles are receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And it takes discernment to be a good listener. It might have looked like watching how God's working in amazing ways. It might have looked like Peter saying, well, actually, I was up in an upper room, and I had this vision with this sheet of these animals coming down, and God said, eat them, and I'm like, no way, and he said, eat them, and I'm like, no way, and he says, eat them, he says, okay, and then somebody from the house of Cornelius comes along, who's Gentile, and he says, uh, we've been told that you're supposed to tell us the good news, and Peter goes to their house, and he tells them the good news, and what happens? 
All of them are saved, him and his household. These are the stories of much discussion. It may look like Philip standing up in front of the crowd and saying, you know, I was just walking down the road and this Enoch's coming by and his his uh, chariot, and he's reading Isaiah, and he says, do you understand what this is? And he's like, yeah, it points to Jesus, the good news. He said, man, I'd like to know Jesus, right? And, and, and in that story, he says, there's some water here. Is there any reason I shouldn't be baptized? No reason. Baptized. The good news of Jesus is going out. It might be like James going, well, that's interesting. I was kind of reading back through Isaiah 2 and Isaiah 49, 6. It says, I've made you a light for the Gentiles so that you'll bring salvation to the earth. And they start putting the pieces together and they think, should the Gentiles be circumcised? No, we don't need that. And, and finally, James stands up and he says, uh, we shouldn't make it difficult for Gentiles to turn to God. This is the good news. See, that's corporate discernment happening in their day. But it takes prayer together. It takes listening together. It takes worship together. It takes getting into God's word together. This is called spiritual discussion. And this is what will distinguish you and me from the world out there. This is what will distinguish us as followers of Jesus. The phrase today that you can take home is discernment determines direction. Will you say it with me? Discernment determines direction. See, the heart of spiritual leadership, and for you to be a leader in your school, for you to be a leader in your home, for you to be a leader in your business, for you to be a leader as a, a parent or a grandparent. We have to have the Spirit of God within us. And we have to trust the Spirit of God working around us. We don't necessarily have pillars of fire and pillars of cloud. Would you like that today? If I just yelled fire and there's a fire in the lobby, you don't even believe me. Nobody turned around. <laughs> there's a fire in the lobby. You still don't believe me. What God is looking for is people on fire for him. And he's looking for the presence of God to work in a mighty and miraculous way through us. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve, test and discern what? The presence of God, His will, His good and pleasing and perfect will. Now, I'm a former teacher, so I love homework. Give me the boo sign. You love homework too. You know what homework does? It makes us better. Here's your homework for this week. I want to, uh, okay, 
We won't call it homework. We're going to call it an invitation. The invitation is this. Two things. Will you commit to prayer and listening this week? Whatever decision you're walking through, would you commit to laying that decision before Jesus and then praying and listening and waiting for his presence, number one. Number two, would you be willing to find another person that you trust and that you trust that the Spirit of God within them and just be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm really wrestling with a decision right now. There's something that's weighing heavy on me. I feel a little lost or like I'm wandering. I need to trust you. Maybe it's uh, on the way home with the spouse. Maybe it's over coffee with a friend tomorrow. Maybe it's a phone call to somebody. And and all it looks like is this. Listen, uh, Tom, I trust the Spirit of God that is within you. And and I am trying to discern something right now. Would Would you just give me some wisdom? That's called corporate discernment. And as the worship team comes up, I think, do we have another song? As the worship team comes up, I just want to invite you to uh, bow your heads with me and consider your homework invitation to practice discerning the presence of God this week. And I'd like to just uh, pray with you that God would give us his wisdom. And then we'll worship together one more time and I have a benediction for you. Father, I thank you for the word of God that is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword penetrates the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. So, Father, as we've looked into your word today, we've looked into the discernment process. Father, would you give us your presence in a fresh and a new way today? Father, I pray that uh, the words that have been spoken today and the scripture would come alive, not because of anything I've said, but because the Holy Spirit that's residing within us. Father, I pray that your spirit would interact with our spirits. And that you would teach us to discern your ways in fresh and new ways today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this prayer from Philippians 1, verse 9, says, This is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.